For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Good evening. Welcome to today's Entrepreneur presented by FL, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with FL Montreal's Josh Miller for our final show of the year. Good evening, Josh. Hello, Dan. Welcome back. You were missed last week. Thank you. Uh, nice to be back. And uh, yeah, God, did I did I miss out on some bagels? Did they bring bagels? You know what? They didn't bring oh, any bagels. Okay. There was a slight miscommunication, <laughs> but notwithstanding that, it was a good story. And there may have been a visit afterwards. St. Vieter bagel. Great, nice. uh, great story. Great guy. And uh, welcome back. Um, I'm g- glad you're back from your, uh, I guess, biannual trip to uh, to China. Yeah, once, twice a year, however often I can get there. Uh, you know, Hong Kong, I've always described it as uh, as Hong Kong on crack, you know, or Hong Kong on speed. It's just, it's it's so much, There's the pace there is absolutely unreal, and uh, things, are, things are happening constantly. Excellent. And uh, now we're back for our final show of the year, and we're going to take a look at uh, Solo in the City, actually, a brand that's, that CJD listeners know very well. Cheryl's going to be on in just a few minutes. And uh, I uh, I worked with Cheryl at the beginning when she was starting up this project. So we're going to talk a little bit about PR, uh, about how to build a brand, and how to build a brand that's really connected to your personality. Uh, and, and not only that, but kind of changing brands, reinventing yourself, trying to figure out uh, what direction to go in and when you need to make that difficult decision to change direction, uh, even though it could be painful and time-consuming and costly, do you still go out and do it? Yeah, we'll talk about millennials as well and why they sort of are very attached to brands with, with meaning. And that's why Cheryl was such a great project uh, to work on because, uh, I mean, she's she's living her brand. Um, so we'll, we'll get to Cheryl in just a few minutes. Uh, but first, some entrepreneurial news and notes. The story from Absolunet.com, the top 10 e-commerce trends that will impact retailers in 2018. And, you know, the, the, we'll go through the top 10 list. I mean, we can talk, we could probably spend the whole hour on, on you know, certain predictions and what will be hot versus not in, uh, in 2018. But on the top of their list, it was the rebirth of brick and mortar. And we've had this discussion on the show before, Dan, you know, online versus versus brick and mortar stores. And there there's a place for all of them. Uh, when I was in Hong Kong and I, I chatted about this last week, the hot topic was e-tailing, basically e-commerce, online retailing. They call it e-tailing. But that doesn't mean there's not room for the physical store. But there has to be a reason for people to go in. There has to be a why for, for reasons to go in. Uh, for example, uh, you have you have Canuck. Uh, Canuck stores, what did they create in their room? Canuck stores have a cold room, so you can actually test out their jackets. So it's great to see them online, but then what happens after when, when you know, you you just <laughs> need to make sure it really keeps you warm. That's so smart. Uh, and the reality is that, you know, the, the and we were, you were talking millennials before, well, yes, there's, there's probably... 50% of millennials, you know, shop uh, shop in store. I mean, they, they all check out, you know, I think the, the stat is 75, 80% plus. Definitely shop online or research online. But another stat shows that 50% of millennials actually walk into the store to purchase. So there is definitely uh, a reason for that. Not only that, but there's also these pop-up shops that are that are coming in, you know. So it, it's the, you don't need a retail store in one spot, 12 months a year, year in, year out. Maybe... It's just as good to have your pop-up shops. Maybe it's just as good to follow 
your 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 promotional online, your your promotions online, or specific locations and regions. Uh, so these pop up shops, uh, there, there's definitely a purpose for it. So talking about uh, sort of the the rebirth of brick and mortar, um, AR. Uh, augmented reality is going to be a big part of that. Absolutely. You know, when, when people, and I've done this myself, you know, you take a picture of your living room and then you say, okay, I want to go buy a new sofa. Well, or a coffee table or something. So you try and you bring the picture, you try and match the colors, and you, ma- you try and see what fits in or not. Well, I think augmented reality, and I, I believe it's already starting to do this, you can actually, for the right retail store or e-store, you can take that piece of furniture and embed it in the picture that you've taken of your room Mm -hmm. and actually see if it fits. So this augmented reality is going to drastically improve, A, shopping, uh, the shopping experience, and B, reduce the risk of returns because the returns in in, in the industry are, are absolutely huge. There's some cool mirrors as well in, in fashion outlets uh, where you can sort of see yourself um, wearing the clothes that you're about to buy. It's kind of cool. Yeah, and, and you know what? And we've had uh, we've had on the show Stefanka, and you know there's kind of software out there that 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 says you know your buying experience, what what brand, what cut, you know, would really would really fit you both. Return, I mean, in the U.S., it's a it's a 260 billion dollar problem. Returns. So anything that the industry can do to cut back on it. Uh, I think it is is pretty awesome, and augmented reality is definitely part of it. Is uh, the number two here on the list the consumeration of uh, consumeriz- consumerization of B two B? Is uh, is that what sort of my family used to call back in the day, just buying wholesale? Uh, kind of, yes. Uh, I, that's pretty much it. I mean, because then we're going from B to B to B to C. That's really the the evolution of of this consumerization. So where you're dealing with with other companies and maybe you're less concerned about packaging and you're less concerned about, you shouldn't be less concerned about customer experience, but you might be a little less so because people are buying more in bulk. Well, this, this B2B that they're doing wholesale, they say, you know what, we ne- maybe we need to get to the B2C. Maybe we need to go straight to the consumer. And that's what we're going to see. It's going to be more individual experiences and definitely building of that brand. Uh, AI similar to to AR. I mean, that would be a bit repetitive to talk about that. But uh, number seven is Amazon and the year of the uh, market of marketplace maturity. Well, I, I guess this kind of uh, you know for anybody that tuned in last week, we were I was talking about the the Asian equivalent, you know, the Alibabas of the world uh, that have an absolutely huge following. I mean, you look at Singles Day, and for those that don't know what Singles Day is in Asia, uh, basically November 11th, it, it's it's like Black Friday and Cyber Monday and Boxing Day all rolled up into one, and it still doesn't hit what Singles Day does in Asia. Singles Day this year, in one day, was twenty over $25 billion U.S. dollars on mostly, pretty much online. Uh, it was actually all online, and 90% of that is your mobile phones. So there, there's no question that is it mature in the marketplace? Maybe in the current one, there's a worldwide market, and it is not just there yet. Voice activation, uh, that ha- that's going to change several platforms, e-commerce platforms. Well, certainly. I mean, with Echo out there, with Alexa out there, uh, with people on the move, you know, I'm cooking dinner, and I don't have time to type because I'm too busy chopping vegetables. It's easy to to ask for things, uh, you know, whether it's whether you're ordering something, whether you're filling out a, a grocery chart, with a grocery list, whether you're asking for music that you want to. I think the, the, the fact of, and especially you're on the go all the time, whether you're in a car, uh, you're, you're usually typing something else, voice, 
the voice experience that will have to improve. There's no question. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to improve that customer experience, and that's the way it's going. Number nine is Photoshopping, so more image-based searches instead of you know typing in keywords. I think this is amazing. I like that. Uh, I like that pen. I'm going to take a picture of the pen and search by with it by way of the picture. I like that tie. I like those pair of shoes. I like that that uh, that that phone or that watch. Uh, take a picture of it and let the internet search for you. I think that is one of the most brilliant things out there because you can type words, but you might not get it perfectly. You might not be able to describe it accurately. Take a picture. Now, the, the technology has to grow with it. There's no question we're still in a nascent stage. But this to me is, and all these topics are all about improving the, the customer experience, all about improving that, that consumerization. And, uh, and that's where 2018 is going. And finally, number 10, reaching peak browsers. So there'll be other ways that, that you can uh, buy things online without your traditional browser like Chrome or Internet Explorer. It's, it's not going to be Google. It's not going to be Internet Explorer. It's not going to be Firefox. It's going to be the apps. It's the app world that, you know, that people have been have been playing games on apps forever, but it's going to be the shopping apps, the search apps, the payment apps. That's what's going to take over. So you don't, you're not going to use that that Google Chrome or, or that Internet Explorer. It's all going to be through the apps, and it'll probably be an aggregator of, of, of stores or of brands. And it's, it's going to just improve that online because mobile – Everything's going mobile. If you're if your site, if you're retailing, you're not responsive on mobile, you better get in the game. All right, coming up, we'll let's chat with Cheryl Besner, founder of Solo in the City and host of the radio show here on CJD on Saturday night. Let's get to know Cheryl in just a couple of minutes. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to today's Entrepreneur, inspiring stories from outstanding business people. Dan Delmar and FL Montreal's Josh Miller with you for our final show of 2017. And we're joined by a colleague here at CJD, Cheryl Besner, the founder of Solo in the City and host of the radio show. Hey, Cheryl. Hi, Dan. Welcome. This is like deja vu. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you, Josh. Excellent. And, you know, I, I, Dan, you usually ask this first question, but, you know, we'll just kind of throw it here. We'll keep it, uh, <laughs> keep it a little fresh. Uh, Cheryl, there's, there's clearly a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of CJD listeners that already know who you are. But for the few that don't, can you kind of explain what Solo in the City is all about? Well, Solo in the City was very much a continuation of my original blog, which was 365 Days to Find Love. And with that blog, it was really much, you know, it was very centered on giving people a place to go to not feel alone, to feel connected, to understand each other. And as a person who was coming out of a long-term marriage and had to, you know, adjust to everything, you know, living alone again, managing my household again, um, I wanted to share that experience with others. But then at the end of a year, people were like, okay, now what? Did you find love? And the answer was, yes, I found love for coaching because I had taken my coaching certification during that that year and I found love for a new aspect of who I was and who I was even becoming again. So know. where 365 started like specifically when after a after a specific after, moment in your life or a, after my divorce. Okay. Yes, and it was it was at that point where so many people were saying to me, "You know what? You're not getting any younger. You better make it your business to find a partner. 
And I said, okay, I will make it my business, but I'm not going to be, you know, Debbie Downer. I believe I am going to meet somebody again, and I'm open to it, and I'm positive about it, and I'm going to explore all the different ways people meet and wrote about it. When you when you first started writing your blog, did you know it would blossom into coaching and helping others? No idea. <laughs> it was really supposed to be a little blog. And it, but it was before it actually launched, like I would say a month before where people were getting excited about it. And all of a sudden, I had somebody doing PR and there was a big party being thrown, a gallery 203 for me. And I realized there was a need. I, but I, what it was, was I realized people were afraid. People were scared of being alone and the possibility of never meeting somebody. And I wanted to kind of be that ray of hope to say no and I'm going to figure out how to do it and I'm going to show you different ways in which you can do it. But at the end of the year, you had to evolve and that's how Solo in the City came. That was the next step. So how do you take this personal experience as blog and then starting to help others and switch it into a business where it's, you know, it's, it's, it's there to generate some type of revenue and have some type of growth over time? Where do you click that switch? Well, I think, you know, I'm still clicking it and I'm very open about that. And I, and I think that as any business person, and I had been a successful business person in many different avenues of my life, it was, I was in the fashion business and then I was in the event business and I've taken all those aspects of my life into now. And that's what I'm able to offer my clients. So it's not just you know, the therapy part of it, if you want to call it therapy, it's really about supporting them in any aspect that they need, utilizing all my past experience, coupled with the fact that I did my certification. And I really do want to bring people together and put the soul into solo. So we, we've had some of these talks early on when you were starting solo in the city, but but I'll ask you this live. Um, was it uncomfortable to put yourself out there to, to that extent? Because it's a very personal issue, you know, what things that you've gone through. Did you ever, how did you sort of uh, comfortably translate that to a business? Well, the fact is actually, it was uh, something that I had to take time to do and really evaluate because I also have children and I have an ex-husband and I have family members and some of them weren't too thrilled either with the concept of me really putting out there my dating life, for instance, uh, during 365. So I figured out a way to do it where even, you know, in my writings during my blog time, it was more about the experience rather than me. I wasn't talking about who I was going out on a date with or kissing. It, it was more about this is what happened. Here's how I met somebody. Here's the situation. These are the ways in which we can turn things around. Does this happen to you? And, and that was the defining moment for me was how to take it from it being super personal to being personal about everybody that was going through the same thing. And that was the key for me. And then, of course, it's 365 to solo in the city. Right. And then who knows what's next. So rebranding is a, is a big topic that we're going to come to soon. All right. Rebranding on the way with Cheryl Besner of Solo in the City today on Today's Entrepreneur. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com.
Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, presented by FL Montreal. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar and Josh Miller, with you for our final show of 2017. And our guest is Cheryl Besner, founder of Solo in the City and the host of the radio show, of course, Saturday nights at 10 p.m. here on CJED. Uh, Cheryl is live streaming this right now on uh, the Solo in the City Facebook page, if you want to check that out. We've been having conversations during the commercial break as well, and uh, that video is going to be up, uh, I suppose, after the show, if you want to watch it live. Um, Cheryl, let's talk a bit about marketing now. And... uh, um, some of the discussions that we had earlier on, you were working with uh, with us uh, at the time. We were called uh, Provocateur Communications, and uh, you weren't the only. That wasn't the only marketer on your team because we were just sort of handling your your PR aspect. But what were some of those early conversations like? And what did you, what goals did you want uh, with marketing? What were you trying to accomplish in the message messages you were sending out there? Well, I think. As you were saying, the marketing at that time was actually focused a lot on the radio show. The radio show was part of the brand. It was the brand as far as the radio show, but it was also the marketing tool and what I thought would drive my coaching business and and workshop and being able to support the community that way. Not knowing enough about certain aspects of marketing in that sense, because I came from a background in the fashion world and in the event world where I knew what to do when it came to marketing my brands, the the fashion world, the event world. I knew how to market it. I knew how to direct it to the specific clientele that I was trying to address. When it came to this, I wasn't so sure. And all I could think of was, well, the opportunity coming to me to have a radio show, well, that's pretty good marketing. And it was an opportunity that I felt I couldn't pass up. So I kind of dove into it. And I never have regrets in my life. And I definitely don't regret it. It's been an amazing experience. And I love doing the radio. But it didn't necessarily do what I thought it would do as far as driving business. It's different, Josh, than you. You you Mm -hmm. started your radio show. But it supported a business that was already there. Yeah, for right? for us it was for us it was and still is. It's a visibility play, right? More than a business, you know, getting business play because you just want to be seen in the community. And this is part of our community give back too, because you know we're not You're spewing information. information. We're we're interviewing entrepreneurs. We're telling, we're helping tell their story. Right. So for me, the difference was that I went into it thinking, okay, this is a great marketing tool and an amazing opportunity. And again, I love it. But it actually did something else. Here I was launching Solo in the City, the brand, at the same time as Solo in the City, the radio show. And what happened was Solo in the City became a radio show and people thought my job and what I do is now I'm a radio personality and a media media chick, right? They didn't associate the fact that I was a coach first and foremost. What I really mm-hmm. wanted to do was support individuals to to be that safety net and also a light as to where and how you can move forward. So before the radio program, when you were doing the 365, uh, did you did you marketing then? Did you have events? You reached out like. So then I was doing events. But again, the 365, when I first launched it, it was just supposed to be a blog, right? Right, but as, as you developed the coaching aspect and, you know, the, the, the advice side of it. Right, well, so the coaching, I, it, I got certified shortly after I launched the blog because I realized this is something I think I really want to do. This is something that I think I could, I could have a purpose, and that's to support other people who were going through the same thing as mm-hmm. I was. 
But how did you market it? How did you get the word out there? So I did it all through Facebook at the time. Well, at the beginning when I launched the blog, I had help because, as I said, it was supposed to be a little blog, except all of a sudden it became a big thing. And I was, I had a PR company behind me. They came in, they said, we love what you're doing. Let us help you. And the next thing I knew, I was doing all kinds of radio here at CJAD on all different stations. I was on TV and social media. And the interesting thing is it, it was all coming from heart and soul. And my my brand, 365, went crazy. And this is a very important aspect of it. It was personal, right? So even though I didn't bear all, it wasn't a tell-all, but because it was personal and I was giving my heart and mm-hmm. mind into it, people attached to it yeah. very quickly. Whereas with Solo in the City, now it's now it's working because I understand what kind of happened at the beginning so they're they're attaching we're attaching to each other person to person now so when you're switching brands from in in your case specifically 365 that I keep calling it to solo in the city what's that change what's that that clicking point what's that the understanding from your part and how to how to go from one to the other well i think i think one thing is to take the time to really look at where you want to go and and plan for it and then think of all the different strategies so for, but for me part of it was i didn't have time to really do all that i went from 365 to the switch was the on air switch mm-hmm. that went and kind of said here this is a new aspect of your marketing but it became my focus because I had to get good at it. I had to learn something new. So here I just learned how to blog. I was trying to put it all together with all the things that I did know and my my certification in coaching and my past experience in the fashion world and the beauty world mm-hmm. and the event world and trying to pull it all together, which was easy. But my focus became on what I didn't know at that moment. And that was, you know, you always have to look at where you are in the red and the black on your your business Mm -hmm. sheet and address both. So I felt that I had to concentrate on the media aspect and the marketing aspect of Solo in the City. So fast forward to today, Solo in the City, and, you know, here a little bit, you know, we mentioned it earlier, what's next? Is it time to rebrand? Is it time to go back to the personal side of things? So that's the interesting part. And the interesting part is what started the brand was Cheryl. And that's where I've ended up. So it's not it's not necessarily a rebrand. It's actually reconnecting to where it all started. Back to the root. Back to the root. And as and Dan was there at the beginning and Dan always was saying, you know, people they they want to hear you. You know, that's what that's what where the interest is. But it's hearing me because it's about them. And and it's about you and and what it is that you need are from you, what I can give. Are you having did you have trouble or are you having trouble putting so much time and energy and effort into solo in the city and now to say, you know what, maybe it's time to go away from the solo in the city, like to, to move away from all that effort and energy to go to Cheryl? No, because I, like in a relationship, you learn from your past and then you take that and you put it into your present, which makes the future better and brighter. And, you know, even if you have a breakup and you're, you're getting divorced or you've been in a relationship and you're moving forward, if you 
take the time to reflect on what was good first and then where the challenges were and you apply that to the next step, it only enhances where you want to go and it only enhances that relationship. So to me, every relationship, including a business relationship, is a business relationship. And I'm not I'm not sad because what I've been doing slowly is talking about getting up to date, mm-hmm. you know, understanding how to connect it on so many different levels and knowing that to connect with another human, we have to connect with ourselves. So putting all of that together, again, it's just a stronger movement to move forward. It's it's also understanding today's reality and being able to move to the next level or back or backwards to move forwards, if uh, if you will. So yeah, making change of, of branding and style, not easy, but you have to deal with the reality, but totally doable. We'll talk a bit about branding, about rebranding and how to deal with all those PR issues with uh, the expert, I guess, uh, coming up in just a minute. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to today's Entrepreneur, our last edition of 2017. Dan Delmar and Josh Miller with you and chatting with Cheryl Besner, founder of Solo in the City. Uh, now, Josh, we switch focus and talk about uh, some PR issues. We, we will. And, and, you know, we were speaking with Cheryl before about branding and rebranding. Uh, and I guess we'll turn to our expert in the room that <laughs> happens to be across from me, and we'll we'll call him Dan Awkward. Delmar from TK from TNKR uh, that used to be provocateur. So yes, kind of, kind of. A, I would like to open with that and say sure. you rebranded, you know, recently, you know, from provocateur yep. to TNKR. Why? So I'm going to do more writing about this in the coming months when I have time. But the reason why is because the word provocateur became very loaded in in the last year or so. It became something that was associated with the alt-right, the whole Trump phenomenon. And so I was watching the Netflix documentary about Roger Stone, who's the guy who engineered the Trump campaign. And the first thing he says in the documentary is, my name is Roger Stone and I am an agent provocateur. And so that moment, that one moment, I said, I'm done. I I already questioned the brand um, because most of the stuff we do daily, as you know, Cheryl, is not necessarily provocative. You know, we're not trying to stir stuff up every day. So it just got to a point where it became obvious that we needed to make a change. And so similarly, Cheryl, I I think in your case, you know, there's just there gets there there are are a point in in a business sometimes when the name just doesn't feel right or the things change, the environment changes, the people changes. And and those those things become necessary. But you have to realize that. You have to keep your eyes open. You have to keep your ears open. You have to watch what's around you. Certainly in the PR business, that's your that's your job and your oh, focus. Yeah. So hopefully you're already doing it. Yeah. But those that aren't in that business really have to find time to to keep their eyes open and keep their you know their 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 ears and listen to people. Um, and if they're not doing it, well then they need to have somebody to help them tell For them sure. Now with all the generations out there you know, and and we we talk a lot about millennials. Forget about Gen Xers or baby boomers, whatever. Millennials really, you know, they're they're online all the time. How how are millennials changing branding today? There are two main things that I think we have to focus on when we look at millennial demographics. And you might recall, Cheryl, a couple years ago, we had these discussions. Millennials are really 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 into two things in particular, from what I've seen from these studies. One personalization. So they want to have a personal element to the brand. They want to connect with a brand ambassador, with a spokesperson like Cheryl. They want to be able to talk to someone, a real live human being once in a while. So having that personal touch is super important. The second thing that distinguishes millennial consumers in my mind is the fact that they are overwhelmingly um, for 
their brands having a social mission. So when we look at studies, you're, you're at 75, 80% and up of millennials who insist that their, their brands, whatever they consume, have some kind of social mission, whether it's contributing to a charity or being just generally a social entrepreneur. When I was studying marketing, maybe 13, 14 years ago, we were talking about cause marketing as a division of marketing in general, right? So you had your marketing budget, you had your PR budget, and you had a little bit on the side, which you would throw off to a charity here and there. Things are different now. You, millennials expect uh, businesses to be sort of uh, to have a charitable mission incorporated within their business model, to have a bit of a, a, a campaign or a drive, you know, every day and to, and to every day sort of do social actions uh, on top of making money at the same time. Now, if you're looking at both those aspects and you're saying, OK, there's a corporate social responsibility, but there's an influencer side to it and you only have the dollars, the capacity, the resources to handle one of them. Which is more important, at least in the millennial millennial aspect, is it more important to find that right influencer, that right face of the company, or is it more important to, to give back on the, the social corporate social responsibility and highlight that and, and make make that your mission? If you had to choose, and, I, and it's a really <laughs> difficult question, it's a tough one. But, but if you, no, I know it's a tough one. Putting you on the spot, Dan. Uh, but if you if you really had to choose, um, you know, what would it be? Or does it depend if you're a service company or a product company? Uh, you know, it totally depends on the company. I mean, when you, if you take Coca-Cola as an example, you know, that's not, we're not, there's no need there for a human being to sell us Coca-Cola because we know what it is and we know it's refreshing and whatever. Um, it really depends on the business, but I would say generally speaking, especially if you're a new brand, you definitely want to have someone out there out yeah. front defending that brand. Uh, so for me, a brand ambassador is the way to go. It's the, it's their, fo their, their voice on social media. It is, uh, their voice in, in traditional media. It's, uh, it's the person that's going to go around making the deals and getting the capital if necessary. So ultimately, people and even investors are looking for a person to have confidence in. Does it need to be a celebrity? No, not at all. You make your own celebrity. That's what, what I do for a living is we, we make celebrities. We make people who are passionate about their brands, who serve as leaders in their industry and who want to break out from the pack. And listen, that's that Cheryl. Really, that's what you're doing, right? You're that's right. You are the brand ambassador. You it is really coming down to your personality. And, and that's even going forward. That's what we're, why we're going also into more podcasts. You know, Dan and I have talked about this. And podcasts, the first thing is having the content, but the content has to be about the person. Yeah. Everybody connects with the person and the people that you're listening to. There, there has to be all this communication. And the best way to have communication is to make sure that you are being honest you are being open you are being heartfelt and being authentic to what your mission is and like you said the social aspect of it is huge i mean i'm becoming a brand ambassador in february for uh the fondation jean lapointe i'm i'm proud to be well and a little scared to be <laughs> not drinking for a month but these are important things to give back and there's no doubt, and Dan, we've spoken to this many times on the program before, it's it's about the why. Why do people walk into a store? Why do people connect with a product or service? Why? It's about the, the, the gen genuineness uh, and the and the reasons and what the give back is and and we can talk about this for for hours and hours but but I will we'll kind of have to stop there unfortunately unless you have I, I just seconds. wanted to say that it's funny because also when it comes to branding and within the relationship and the dating world and the matchmaking world we always work with our clients to talk about their branding and how important it is because you only have one chance to make an impression on that first date 
And speaking of that one thing, uh, as we end off on every program, uh, Cheryl, we're going to turn to you and ask you what would be your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur? I think the one piece of advice is to know what your product is and to be authentic to it um, and build from there. I think you have to know what your purpose is, what the product's purpose is, and then make sure that the branding around it and the marketing around it mirrors that content. Be genuine, be real, can only work. Cheryl, thanks so much. It was a pleasure working with you at the beginning of this and seeing your evolution is, is really fun, to be honest. And, and putting yourself out there the way they do for your brand is brave. So thanks for doing that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Love I you. do believe. Oh, thank you. I do too. And happy holidays, uh, gentlemen, and to everybody else. Josh, we are back on January 8th. No, no sorry, no. January 22nd. With Joe with? Beef, Dave McMillan. Oh, so excited for that. The <laughs> Joe Beef guys, January 8th yeah. on today's Entrepreneur. Have a great holiday season, everyone.